Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochelprano. Hello, Andy. Good morning. Good morning. Happy anniversary. I just saw this on Twitter today. It's the anniversary. It's a huge anniversary of something that we've talked about many times on this show. The Knicks-Phoenix Suns brawl, where... (laughs) Where Greg Anthony, in the ugliest shirt of all time, gets mixed up in the melee. Bro, you gotta prep me for these. I would have the video clip all ready to go. That it's. I guess it's thirty years ago today. Man, getting old. Nineteen ninety-three. I'll be honest. I don't exactly remember until I see that clip. Greg Anthony was injured. He was on the bench in a shirt that like color me bad would wear (laughs) the one that led the six ejections yeah i'm sure sounds about right well the nba on uh espn they they have the clip let's where where, where are we going here you, you want me to pull it up sure if you want I mean, I was just, I was just, it was literally the last thing I, I saw while the, uh, while the, uh, while our theme song was playing. So you don't have to play it. I just wanted to, I've talked about it on this show before. So I thought I'd, I'll be honest. I, I don't, I know you've talked about it. I'm trying to think the last time you talked about it. It's gotta be years ago now. Right? Yeah. So this is it right here. I was watching this game as a kid. It was wild. Oh, do I not? Am I not showing it? Uh, not on my screen, Andy. There we go. Here we are. Got to see if Greg Anthony gets in there, dude. Guys used to brawl. When's like the last NBA just straight up brawl? Oh, there's there, Greg Anthony. There's Greg Anthony. <laughs> in the color, me bad. Look at that! Look at that old Suns team: Marley, Kevin Johnson. Charles Barkley. Greg Anthony looks like he just left the set of Above the Rim. Yeah. Greg Anthony being put in like a second shirt, I'm assuming after his original shirt got ripped. Greg Anthony's an interesting dude as far as like. Greg Anthony was supposed to be a big time NBA player. Look at the old graphics. Yeah. Look at the old ESPN graphics. That was my. That was the beginning of Sports Center for me. That was the era I entered. That was when fine when um, cable TV finally came to my dirt road in Katona, New York. Was this was the background of the highlights? That, really? That, that that blue. And then remember, it went to like tan after that. Yeah. But that blue was my uh, was my awakening to ESPN. 
I think Linda Cohen at the beginning of that clip was calling it. Dude, she's been around forever. Yeah. Like, Linda Cohen's going strong. That probably was around the era. Is that a... Is Kilborn around then? Yeah, yeah, he's probably got to be. Craig Kilborn? Yeah. Is is Oberman and Dan Patrick doing it yet? Probably, yeah. It's got to be that era. That Those were the guys when I started, for Me sure. Too. That's what made you love SportsCenter. Yeah. Kilborn's still the, the fucking greatest ever. I listen to Kilborn's podcast all the time, The Life Gorgeous. And he's thrown some some great references like he was talking somebody asked him if he ever had a um a robin like somehow robin williams came up i think whoever his guest was saying he went and saw robin williams live and that was like a big thing for him comedy wise and he was like i never had an experience with robin williams except i don't know if you remember this on sports center he used to do jumanji as like one of his calls and apparently Robin Williams sent him a Jumanji poster sign that said, like, thanks for all the support. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. I remember the kill, some of my favorite Killborns were Jumanji, uh, Release Rotation, Splash. And then anytime Pooh Richardson did anything, it was like, Pooh! Pooh Richardson. That's a dive. A Pooh Richardson dive. Pooh Richardson. What I was going to say about Greg Anthony, I, I know some wild things about him, just random things. Greg Anthony, right, was on the UNLV running Rebels, arguably yeah. one of the best teams of all time. Greg Anthony also never would have guessed this. While attending UNLV, according to Wikipedia, a member of the Young Republicans. <laughs> wow. No, I did know that. I did, did know, you that. know that. Like, I yes. never, you're like, wait, you're rolling with like Larry Johnson and Stacey Augman and these guys. And you're, you're young. Like you just wouldn't have put that together. Yeah. I guess I'm stereotyping, but I just, well, I mean, it was, and obviously it was a, it was a different, you know, that's 1992, 1991, whatever. Like the Republicans were obviously like a different thing. It was still, I, I say it was still pretty weird for a young black athlete to be a Republican, but he probably wasn't like, let's go storm the Nevada state Capitol with our <laughs> rifles. No, I, yeah. I'm not even comparing it to whatever, whatever the party is now. I just, but, think- I, but again, like I was just saying for some of our young listeners who are like, who's Pooh Richardson. They're probably like Greg Anthony was like a red hat wearing storm. The Capitol guy. It's like, no, 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 no. He was just a, he, his parents probably just loved Reagan. How many years did he play? He wasn't. He was. He was in the league a while, but he never had like the stardom that people thought. Honestly, that that UNLV team really only put up Larry Johnson. That he was, was the only one. Like Stacy Ogman had a nice career. Um, the big guy had a halfway decent career, but like. You would have thought, like, the way that team was, you would have thought, all these guys going to the NBA, they're all going to have 15-year careers. Yeah. Grandma Ma, the original original trans grandma. Yeah. (laughs) Those commercials are now banned in the Charlotte area, which is crazy. That's where they were so hot. Was it you that said Grandma Ma is also Tyler Perry? Yeah. Like Tyler Perry did the whole thing about dress up. Yeah. Like big mom. Well, that, that was the thing is like Tyler Perry's Medea is grandmama. Like it's, it's the exact same thing. Like there's not even, 
It didn't even change us. Like, what if Grandmama was a movie? What if Grandmama was 14 movies? I want to know how they came up with that. That's a brilliant concept. Like the Larry Jonathan Grandmama. Like, like how did they come up with this idea? Dude, we got to watch this. We got to watch this. This, The Grandmama Converse commercial, 1996. She's the man. This is going to be great. I didn't know he was Converse. I forgot about yeah. that. That's what this was. Okay. So this is this is the grandma ball converse. She's the man. Can you hear this? Oh yeah. She's the man. I love that he's in it as himself as well. Yeah. Yeah. What a great premise. The great, by the way, like I said, you know, he was such a star for the Charlotte Hornets. Um, drag pickup games now banned in North Carolina. That's just crazy. You know, we've, we've gone backwards since 1996. I'm not following. They're, you know, they're banning drag performances everywhere, Andy. Specifically, drag brunches. See, I don't, pay, I don't get involved in that shit anymore. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. Everybody wants to fight it out. I'm just like, uh, cool. But, you, but my How point is, my, like, we're going. We're, we, we are, we are going a little bit backwards. Like, could you imagine? Could you imagine today? If they put out a LeBron James commercial where he was wearing a dress, could you imagine the reaction? People would be like, "This is Everett." People would fucking people would lose their minds. But I thought Blake Travis's stuff, head would literally explode live on the air. I thought all that stuff was more of the sexualization, like like strip shows. No, drag, drag. Shows. You sure about that? Yeah, hundred percent. Like. You know what a drag queen is. You've been to a drag event. You've seen drag things. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I know, but I but there's all you know. I've also seen stuff sometimes where I'm like, well, why are we stripping in drag? Like, I wouldn't want a straight woman stripping for kids. Put put the you drag brunches put the drag brunches aside right now. Think about 2023 today. Imagine a grandma commercial. Imagine LeBron James in a pickup game for Nike shoes in a dress. I, honestly, like. I feel like Ben Shapiro would have to like get on his big brother's shoulders and they would go storm the Converse offices or whatever. They'd be like, I don't, what I don't the think, fuck? I don't think they would. I think if it was, if it's a grandma dunking, I think it's different. See again, like the culture wars. I'm just like, dude, I, like I, I don't have time for this shit. I don't have time for it either. I, I my point is, is like remember in 1996 where no one gives the shit that Larry Johnson wore a fucking dress. Everybody was like, that commercial's awesome, dude. Like, can you imagine a like? Just think of the the videos you'd have right now. There were kids who had a poster of Larry Johnson in a dress on their wall. Parents were like, that's cool, it's fine. Of course, it's hilarious. He's wearing a dress. He's pretending to be a grandma who dunks on people. That's hilarious. <laughs> 
I can only imagine like the TikTok video of a dad walking in and seeing their kid with like a a man in a dress. Not only did he have a man in a dress, he had a black man in a dress. The poisoning of America's youth by Larry Grandmama Johnson. But again, I think, and, and this will be a good segue to the Mad Dog rant on the World Baseball Classic. I think things are just heightened with social media and then you see everything and you're like, oh, this is one extremist view. I don't think a lot of people think like this. Like Mad Dog's rant about the World Baseball Classic is pretty ridiculous. It's the epitome of everything that's wrong with old head nonsense. Like you got to play this because we got to break it down. First of all, Mike or Chris Mad Dog Russo. What like talk about talking about failing upward, Mikey? No one's ever done less. No one's ever done more with less. He's never had a good take in his whole life. All he ever does is say nonsense. Here he is getting paid ten thousand dollars for every appearance on ESPN. I keep hearing it's about you. That's a pretty good Mad Dog Russo. Yeah, so yeah, I've been, I've been hearing it for years, Andy. So you know because you're you're a New Yorker, so I don't know him that well. And I blame all New Yorkers for this. For years, him and Mike Francesa were on the Hey Mike! You gotta tell me Mariano Rivera's catfish on it. No way! No way! He's like, I don't know, dog. I don't know. And then people were like, We love it. Cause you're fucking idiots. It was the single worst show in the history of sports talk radio. It was horrific. It was so bad, but New Yorkers and New York sports radio listeners so dumb that they've given these guys a career for 40 years, 40 years of horrible takes. But is it one of those things like the Howard Stern model that he always talked about the percentage of viewers or I'm sorry, listeners that hated him? Is it no, like that? The percentage no, of listeners no, that hate it was, him? It was just dumb New Yorkers. Hey, it's uh, Randy from the Bronx uh, calling in. Hey, Mike, uh, Chris, I got a question for you. Uh, why wouldn't the Yankees trade Matt Noakes for Will Clark, Jose Canseco, and Mark McGuire? I know they're all on different teams, but they're all in the same general Bay Area. Seems like Matt Noakes, Yankees catcher, should be able to get those three All-Stars. I'm going to hang up and listen. It was the dumbest show ever. I cannot believe we still have to put up with either, let alone both of these fucking dopes. So the World Baseball Classic ended up being a huge success. I was one of the idiots who, when it started, I'm like, who's watching this? The answer is every single person in Japan, literally. Yeah, so apparently the world was very tuned in. I still want confirmation on the Japan stuff. I I don't want to be that guy, but I've Googled every day for the last three days. I've seen reports that 94.5% watched the final game against the U.S. I haven't seen anything official on that. I do know that when Japan played Korea, 62 million people in Japan watched it, which is more than any World Series game ever. You got to remember... Anything that has to do with TV ratings, in case you're one of those people who makes a career out of being like, TV ratings! Uh, TV ratings, there is no, like, no one can tell what you, Andy Ruther, are watching. 
unless you've signed up to allow them to do that. Like it's, Nielsen ratings in the United States and God knows how they do it in Japan are a subsection of people. And then they just multiply that by that many people to the population. So they go, if 92% of our survey group essentially are watching it, then I guess 92% are. Sure. So it's not an exact science. Yeah. When they say 92% of every TV in Japan was watching or 94%, I'm sure that they have a similar thing. Um, well, regardless, I think there's like 125 million people in Japan. Yeah. If, if 62 million, which is more than half watched the game against Korea, I'm assuming the percentage is probably higher in the championship round. Now I know it was in the morning live Yeah, in Japan, but I don't don't think that matters. Fuck there. (laughs) Yeah, dude, they're getting up for that shit. Baseball's fucking huge there. And I think this world baseball classic proved something is like. We say the World Series, the World Series, and obviously Major League Baseball is the highest level of baseball. But damn it, if we shouldn't, I mean, with with high-speed travel these days, like I almost feel like there should be a Major League Baseball team in Japan or a division in Japan or whatever. Like, it's so good. Baseball is so good around the world. It's so easy for Latin American countries, South American countries, Central American countries to get here and play here. But... You see these guys on the Japanese team and even guys who have come over to the big leagues, Otani, Ichiro, all these guys over the years. It's like Ichiro should be the all-time hits leader, but he didn't get over here until he was 26. And it, it almost feels like of all the places, Japan should be a place we embrace and, and go like, we've just got to find a way to make them a, literally a part of Major League Baseball. Yeah, they care so much, and their talent's so good. Well, this was eye-opening for me, as far as how popular the game is outside of the United States. Because obviously, I'm stuck in my own bubble, like most Americans, and we don't think how huge this game is, right? Which is kind of stupid now that I think about how ignorant I was. Because it's like, okay the amount of players that aren't from the United States is so large, just like the NBA. Right. And I know how popular the NBA and basketball is outside of here. I, you know, should have just assumed how popular it is, but that kind of goes into play with this rant that your boy mad dog Russo did. You put it best. I think, was it on this show or before the show? You said he made Stephen A. Smith silent. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about that. Okay. There's so, two things that you got to look out for here. One, my favorite part. Who's the girl in the middle? I believe that's, uh, what's her name? Jalen Rose is married to her for a while. Right. Um, what He's is not married name? to her anymore? I believe they're divorced. Wow. Um, Molly Quirum. Yeah. They only, they, they, Molly Quirum. They were together for married from 2018 to 2021. Wow. Uh, if you guys watch, I think this, I think it's the greatest reaction I've ever seen on a talking at sports show. At one point she closes her eyes for like up to seven seconds. She just can't, she can't even look at it. She can't even participate. She goes into a meditative state to try to block out the poison that is mad dog. Well, it's the most boomerang I've probably ever seen. Uh, And I'm going to break it down point by point. Okay. I'm going to need you to pause throughout this thing, Andy. You let me know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's cue it up. Take this out to be an epic at bat. 
Really? What is Gibson and Eckersley then in the World Series in game one when Gibson hobbled around the bases and hit the home run against Eckersley, Dodgers A's in 88, one of the great great. home runs in the history of baseball? World Series. Absolutely. But hold it now. First of all, he goes, what was that? So are we are we now at the point where we can't have multiple epic at bats? If it's not a bigger at bat than Gibson Eckersley, one of the most famous home runs in the history of baseball, if it's not that at bat, it can't be epic. Also, is that Boomer? Is Boomer fucking Mike Chris Russo? I always want to call him Mike because he's on. Hey, Mikey. Uh, is is old Boomer face here? Does the batter have to win for it to be a success? Is that what he's saying? What was it then? He struck out. It's only an epic event if the batter wins. Otherwise, what do we know here? Look at Stephen A. Smith right here. Yeah. <laughs> when you've left Steve, Stephen A. Smith, Stephen A. Smith is the king of saying some dumb shit for a reaction. Sure. And he's just like, he's like, I, I am appalled at this. Did you see the headlines today? Epic at bat. Incredible moment. What? Yeah, why? Because they're teammates. I mean, and Trout does nothing oh. but strike out. Trout oh struck out twice in the game. He strikes out. Okay, I'm going to pause it for, for my own sake. At this point, Stephen A. has his hand over his face. Molly and- Kiram is... This has, is, when, is is his, is in her first of multiple meditative states during the clip. He goes on here say first he says why because they're teammates? No, because they're two of the best players in baseball. Mike Trout has three league MVPs. Shohei Otani has an MVP. They're two of the best players in baseball. They're, Mike Trout is one of the best players in the history of baseball. Shohei Otani is off to a start that would put him there. Obviously so much of Otani's greatness is the fact that he pitches and hits, and it's going to be hard to keep up both of those forever. But this is showing you he's still this many years in a dominant pitcher because he, there's a stat out there that Mike Trout has three swinging strikes in nine of his at bats, like ever. And, and also he goes on to say here, he strikes out 175 times a year. He's literally struck out 175 times once in his career. Every year. One time. Every year. One time. He's such a fuck. It's like to get up in the morning and go, I'm going to go on TV and take a shit on one of the great moments that we've had in baseball. And I don't know how long this whole tournament, this whole tournament happens. And then it comes down to one at bat. Mike Trout, one of the great players in the history of baseball, going up against his teammate from Japan who came over here, immediately won an MVP. It's so amazing. And this boomer is shitting on it. And then he's saying shit that's total garbage. He strikes out 175 times a year. He's lit one time in his career. He struck out 175 times. He struck out twice in the game. In the game? Twice? You know, everybody talks to me about Trout and DiMaggio. I mean, Trout strikes out 175 times a year, plus the fact. Pause it. How many MVPs does Joe DiMaggio have? Three. Okay, so here's a fun fact. Joe DiMaggio 
has the exact same number of MVPs as Mike Trout. Obviously playing in a, you know, far less significant, like less talented era. Um, Mike Trout. I mean, yeah, a- Joe, the, real quick, Joe DiMaggio played in an era where like they weren't that far removed, right, at all from integrating Mike the Trout game. has a thousand less at bats and twelve hundred less plate appearance. He has a higher career war than Joe DiMaggio already. Already, all right, Mike. He is, look- people keep telling me he's <laughs> people keep telling me he's DiMaggio. He no, he's not DiMaggio. He's better than DiMaggio. He's better than DiMaggio. I don't know what we're talking about here. Statistically, now Joe DiMaggio played 13 seasons. He went to fucking war. It was a different time. You know, Mike Trout has played 12 seasons. He's missed multiple big chunks to injury. He has a higher career war than Joe DiMaggio today. Today. Already. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Don't look at the ground. Look at me. Plus the fact it was two out, nobody on. The game was awful. Mm. That game was. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> no, I, I love. It was almost like a sexual. Mm. Like, like, like Mad Smith. Dog found, like, like he found her G spot. She's like, mm. is he saying that? No. It's it's unbelievable. Look at who you're talking to. You have Stephen A. Smith appalled at your hot takes. <laughs> I mean, this is like first. this is like Ron Jeremy, like it's like putting on a porno in front of Ron Jeremy. He's like, "This is a little too hardcore. This I'm out on this. Yeah. This is gross. So much cock in this." Stephen A. Smith, the master of horrible hot takes, is appalled at your hot take. It's unbelievable. The bad game. I was bored stiff. It was two outs, nobody on. And the game was, it wasn't like the bases were loaded. It wasn't like it was a one run game. It was the winning one. Yeah, one swing and it's tied, dude. It's a one run game. The plate. It wasn't like he fouled any old pick. (laughs) Yeah, because Shoei Otani is unbelievable. By the way, he threw it 101 miles an hour by one of the greatest players we've seen in the modern era. This is how it ends. I love The, the end. You got to watch Molly at the end here when she just closed her eyes for fucking eight seconds. Well, I don't think I have that. I have her face right here. So I have this clip. This is it for the clip. Stephen A looks like he wants to fight him. Molly is just like, like, this is what I'm getting paid for. Pretty bad. Uh, I get that ESPN... They want these moments because we're talking about it. Because we're talking about it. Yeah. But if you care about baseball, if you care about sports in general, if you are the kind of person that like listens to our show, for example, we will like we need a change.org fucking like thing about getting him off the air. Like we need storm the Capitol, storm their offices. Like, this guy is poisoning America with his takes. To have Stephen A. Smith appalled at how bad your takes are, you got to have a bad fucking take. Like, it is the single worst take I've heard in sports media, and I don't know how long. And I, I, what was that about it? It was 
he just throw he went the, the count went three two. He was throwing a hundred by his teammate. The whole tournament comes down to two MVP teammates facing each other for the world baseball classic. It wasn't DiMaggio against lefty McNellis, though. I'm gonna count it. Listen, you gotta tell me you sat there and watched Dizzy Dean pitch to old Haas Raymond, and you're gonna call this epic? I'm gonna counter what you're saying, though. I don't think a single person took this seriously. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I know what you're saying. I don't think a single. I did not see, and obviously, I didn't see everything. You gotta watch Soup Cam McGee throw 75 miles an hour to old Lee Naismith. And you're going to call this epic? I had to sit in the front row next to a guy who was filming that on a reel-to-reel. And you're going to tell me this? You're going to watch Suitcase Sam <laughs> throw the Ephus pitch? <laughs> Old wood spoon with a spoon. <laughs> and you're going to tell me this is epic? That ended with a ground ball. That ended into a weak ground ball to second base. Pee Wee Reese had a crow hop to get over there first. Because the, the ball was 11 pounds back then. You going to tell me this was epic? I watched Roy Hobbs hit one off, a, a, off the lights. The whole place exploded in fireworks. <laughs> I, was at, I was at an amusement park next to a, the rail yards. I saw Roy Hobbs strike out the babe. That was a movie, Chris. Hey, don't tell me it was epic. I mean, I'd like only... to see. I'd like to see Robert Redford play Mike Trout in the movie sometime. Hey, what always... is this? What is this? You ever gonna see a movie of this? You gonna get the kid from Goonies to play Shohei Otani? <laughs> Shout out to that kid. He's only 63. I mean, he's not, like, as I'm saying, like, you, dude, you're sounding like you're 85. Sounds like 140. I was at a game when the Black Sox came out of, came out of the corn. They came out of the corn like ghosts. <laughs> Old Moonlight Graham had to save a girl from choking on a hot dog. Are you going to tell me this was epic? Oh, man. I watched Lupus and the Bears go to Japan. I watched them go to Japan to win the World Series. That this is after they won in the Astrodome. And you're going to tell me this is epic? The kids knows who's running the whole three movies. So, we have that. Joey Atali in the game on a motorcycle. He drove out of the field on a motorcycle. Are you going to tell me this was epic? To contrast from that, we have the final call from the Japanese announcers. I, w- I want to bring back this segment. I want to bring back a segment we, we did, I don't know, started a few years ago. We haven't done it in a long time where we get foreign announcers to call games. And this, I'm going to play two. I'm going to play the winning hit against Mexico the night before, which in my opinion is better 
than the final out call because there's a little more drama, right? Because they were down two runs. So this is the final call against Mexico. Yeah, they're down a run, two guys on, base clearing, extra base hit, game over. Walk off, game over. So you know what I love before I continue? I love that like Japanese people stereotypically are the most calm, reserved. Not when it comes to sports, dude. When it comes to calling sports games, I've never seen Yoshi show any emotion. Like he's a prime example. And then they win the game. And it's just absolute bonkers. You know, when I first watched this, like I couldn't understand if they were saying like any words. I heard, I caught Sayonara a couple times, you know. But to me, and and this is you know obviously just being a dumb American with no understanding of the Japanese language whatsoever. But when that ball gets hit. At that point, it seems like they're just yelling in Japanese. Like it seems like they they have to be yelling incoherently if you play it. He's like, ah, 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 ah. and then I said to myself, "Oh, that's my that must be what it's like for foreigners to watch Mad Dog talk on first take." <laughs> So this is the final out. This is Shohei Otani striking out Mike Trout to end the World Baseball Classic from Japanese TV, J Japanese broadcasters. Otani ka? Trout ka? Absolutely amazing. I wish I wish there was a way, like I wish we could go back in history and have foreign announcers for other great moments. Like this specifically, this Japanese American thing. Like, I want the Japanese announcers calling Daniel San beating Johnny Lawrence in the All Valley Karate Championship. Like everybody going wild after he gets trained by Mr. Miyagi. Like I got it. A bonsai! 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 <laughs> Dude, can we? I, I got to I, I got I to play. I got to play the Mexico one again. Just, just yeah. one more time. Like this is just, again, this one is just epic. Oh, 
what's what's amazing to me again is like i'm trying to put it in like an american announcer i'm just thinking you would never hear joe buck screaming the all uh, again gus johnson it, is the only it, equivalent it, the only one right yeah, I think you're right. Gus Johnson's the only one. Yeah. Like Kevin Harlan, maybe, like he doesn't really scream. Yeah. What a great tournament. What a great ending. I literally believe. I literally I want I want to pass like nationwide law that if you're a fucking boomer dickhead or you act like one, if you're fucking KFC from Barstool or fucking Chris Russo or whatever, and you're shitting on any aspect of this. I want national law that we're just allowed to behead you on air. Just kill Bill style. Just take a Japanese samurai sword and chop your head off on the air. What a horrible take. In fact, I put this together, Andy. I, I'm putting on my glasses because I made a note of it. I tried to, I tried to, off the top of my head, come up with at bats that I could think of in my lifetime that matched Trout, Otani for the World Baseball Classic with all the things involved, both of them being on the same team, both of them never getting and probably never will as long as they're Angels getting postseason. Big moments. This is the best I've got. The Clemens Piazza 2001 World Series after he had drilled him during the season. We all know how that ends. He breaks his bat. He throws it at him. That was huge. That had tons of implications at the time. Eckersley gets it. That's what I brought up. It's so epic. Um, Bonds Gagne during the steroid bonanza, which you should watch on YouTube sometime. It's like a 10 minute long at bat. Try watching that and imagining the pitch clock. Uh, just an incredible two guys roided to their gills in what is the hardest throwing closer versus the most dominant hitter anybody had ever seen. And then Miguel Cabrera, Roger Clemens, 2003 World Series. Clemens, at the time, you don't know Miguel Cabrera is such a big deal. But he that he goes on to be, but he is the young up and coming badass for the Marlins. Clemens, like the piece of shit that he is, goes up and in on him, and then it's a super long at bat in a World Series that ends with a homer, Oppo, Oppo bomb off the rocket. Off the top of my head, for me, a huge baseball fan. Off the top of my head, with with the heaviness on both sides the the talent of the player at bat and the talent of the pitcher and the moment those are the only things i can think of i think baseball's tougher yeah it's like tougher for me to think of at bats like that i know overall it was just a massive success as far as i mean you get that bat you get that at bat in the eighth inning okay it's big but Two outs in the ninth in a one-run game. It full goes count. full, a hundred mile an hour pitcher. These, these, these other sliders and and these fastballs on the on the on the edge that he's taking. 
just missing here, just been there, three, two, and then for him to swing through three of them, he literally just blows it by. Arguably the best baseball player that we've seen in how many years since Bonds? Yeah. I didn't like it. <laughs> he didn't even put the ball in play. Now, the, the attendance was record. The viewership was records just across the board. There were some interesting things that I saw too. That just, just random interesting numbers that I found really interesting. Since March 1st, Shohei Otani has gained 1.36 million Instagram followers. He's the first MLB player to surpass 3 million followers in the app. Think about what I just said. No Major League Baseball player had surpassed 3 million Instagram followers. Not a single one. That's bananas. I mean, we said this was something we brought up on the show a couple of years ago, that LeBron James had more followers than every major league baseball player combined and it was a stat that we heard and we're like that's there's no way that's possible and then we like started to do the the math on it we're like oh yeah probably is so not a single major league baseball player had crossed three million instagram followers i just pulled this up i don't know how dated this is i'm sorry up to date there are currently, again, I shouldn't say currently, whenever this list was posted, 31 NBA players with 3 million or more Instagram followers. Like that, there's your marketing problem, Major League Baseball. Do you think? The guy pitches and hits. He won the MVP. I didn't know until I read this thread as well. The Czech Republic national team was made up of teachers, firefighters, and electricians. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's it was all... like, it was like the teams Michael Jordan beat to get his NBA. But <laughs> 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 well, we got a call later in the show about you and Michael Jordan. Get. Which, which I'll, I'll have to play. We do have a call and then we'll wrap up the world baseball classic stuff. I'm a little confused on his call. I've listened to a couple times. Am I missing something? To me, it almost sounds like he's basically recommending the World Baseball Classic, but with the best teams from each country, which I'm kind of confused. Like, isn't that the World Baseball Classic? You'll hear the call. I just, I'm a little confused what he wants. I get that he's saying whatever, whoever wins in the United States should play the best team in Japan. But I'm like, isn't that kind of what the world baseball classic is? Right. What's going on? Dirty sports. It's Stolze in Cincinnati. I'm calling with a little bit of a baseball call. I'm going to go ahead and piggyback off of what Prano was saying about how he's like genuinely worried about the uh, Japanese league, like being bigger than the major league baseball one day. And like he said, baseball is okay. Major League Baseball is an absolute debacle. Um, my one idea for this, and this is kind of how you can prevent Japanese League from being better potentially, is where all of these bigger countries are that love baseball, your Venezuelas, your Puerto Ricos, your Japans, all over the world, have an MLB-sanctioned league, professional league in all of those countries. Let them all have their international World Series, and then all the MLB teams that play in the States can play their season. And then at the end of the year, 
you have a true World Series where you take the best American teams, the best American players off of whichever team or a couple of teams, and you go and make an international pool of players, and they play through, just like how we do it when we have a true World Series. Let me know what you guys think. Stay dirty, boys. Yeah, it got confusing at the end there. I think what I think his initial thing of having, let me just take a absolute hot steamy dump on the first idea, which and and Stolzi, I understand that you're you're trying here to you love baseball like I do. I know that, and you're trying to find a way to make this all better. So, uh, but the first thing is you said an MLB sanctioned. Like we don't want MLB involved in baseball anywhere. <laughs> in fact, if if Japanese baseball could come over and take over Major League Baseball, that'd be great. The last thing we want is the people in charge of ruining baseball in America to have their hands in ruining baseball in other places where they care about it. So any sort of MLB sanctioning of anything, I'm out on. The, if there's one thing the World Baseball Classic proved, it's that other countries care a lot. And Major League Baseball has taken a fucking, you know, wet blanket to baseball in America and has tried to tamp it out as best they can. So the last thing we want is Major League Baseball involved in any other international baseball where baseball in places where baseball is thriving. But then the second part gets a little confusing because then it is just like the World Baseball Classic. Right. Because if you take, you know. Uh, the best team in baseball or whoever it is, right? Like I understand the idea of saying, let's take, uh, you know, the best team in Japan. Let's say whoever wins the Japanese league, taking their champion and playing, you know, the Astros from last year or whatever. I would love to see that every year as well. You know, I'd love to see a, the best team from major league baseball that encompasses, by the way, players from around the world play the best team from Japan, which also encompasses players from around the world. It encompasses, you know, former Major League Baseball Americans that are over there playing. Same thing goes for, I'm sure, the Venezuelan League and blah, blah, blah. But like really, as far as professional baseball goes, you don't hear ab about a lot of guys leaving to go play places after their career is over or to try other than Japan. That's the second best thing. So like in the years between the World Baseball Classic, would I love a November exhibition? I don't know when Japanese baseball season starts or ends, but like, would I love to see the the reigning World Series champ play a three game series against the reigning Japanese league champ? Yeah, I'd fucking love that. That would be amazing for baseball. Because then you're crossing. There's so many people from so many countries on on both sides. But then you're kind of showing whose coaching is better, whose league is better, who can adapt better. Like Major League Baseball has got a lot of these analytics and breaking down every guy and whatever. And you go into these games and it's that's all it is. But like, what if you're facing guy in a three-game series? You don't see a lot. Of course I would love that. In the years where there's no World Baseball Classic, a, a preseason tournament or a preseason exhibition series, the two champs, I would love that. I think that's the best iteration of what you're suggesting. And the truth is it is the world series. It's a, it's a fair when players come from all over the world to play here, it's fair to call yourself the best team in the world. But don't you think, I mean, like 
But to be fair, there's so many guys that come, especially from places like Japan, that don't get to come over, right? I mean, we just had our all-star team lose to Japan's all-star team that has like four major leaguers on. Yeah, we also didn't have the Americans didn't have all-star pitchers. I mean, that's fair, right? Like the best pitchers weren't playing. Imagine that. It's just you know, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. The lineup for sure. You sent me the thing on the Cleveland Guardians, which is what most teams should do. It's a promo that they announced called Ballpark Pass. For $49 a month, you get standing room tickets to all home games, including opening day. Incredible. Incredible. $49 a month times, you know, the basically six months that baseball season happens, right? You're looking at three, three, 300 bucks. bucks. Yeah. For standing room. Just, and just go if you want. Go for a couple innings. Leave. Do whatever for for three hundred dollars a month, for three hundred dollars a year. I mean, season. This is what we're talking about when we talk about make it accessible. That is a way of targeting, again, somebody who loves baseball. You're targeting somebody who loves baseball. You're saying for the price of a regular ticket to one game, you guy who's passionate about baseball enough to come more than once a month can come 12 times a month. If you want, you know what it reminds me of? And it's, it's not the same, but it's on the same wavelength. The reds, when I was growing up, you could get into the, and I don't know if some stadiums might still do this. You get in the stadium free after the sixth inning. And my dad, my dad always worked right across from the stadium. And he'd say, dude, when they were like good, he'd say, I'd pop over there. He'd say, he'd say, oh, if it's a close, you know, I'm listening to the radio, whatever. If it's a close game, I'll catch the last three innings. This is, this is the kind of promotion. And you talk about it being something when you grew up that the Reds did that baseball used to do all the time. Yeah. That was the, that was how you, that was how baseball got built in America was it was something that you did regularly. Because it was like a quarter to go to the ballpark and see epic at bats between Tumbleweeds Johnson. Well, the problem is now it's it's so they announced they announced here yesterday. Oh, Chick Fil A will be offered at the stadium this year, and I'm thinking, cool. You guys failed to mention the price, though. You know what I'm saying? Like your big thing is like, oh, we're gonna have Chick Fil A down at the stadium now. A whole Chick-fil-A. Cool. I, I want to spend $10 on a chicken sandwich. Like, no thanks. Watch a team win 60 games. No thanks. It, it's just, they, you know, how many times are we going to say it? They just have their priorities wrong. Some teams get it. Some teams don't. I always think about when we were in Houston. That was 2019. So when did they win the World Series? 2017? Yep. My point is, they're still a great team. And they had dollar hot dog night. I think about that. We went to a dollar hot dog night. Usually the argument is teams that are good. We don't have to do promos to get people here. We're good. People want to see a good product. The Astros had a dollar hot dog night in twenty. Remember how crowded that night was too? It was packed. It was packed. It was like a and, scorching hot August. Ah, oh, scorching hot. But you know, like 
look at us. We're like, hey, a dollar hot dog night? Fuck it, dude. I'll get three or four hot dogs throughout the game. Yeah. And you're going to make up that money. I don't know. Because when you get a hot dog, you get a beer. And what beer are you getting with that, Joe? I mean, how how many places is it just on our screen right now? Presented by Light. It's on my hat, Light. Miller Light, it's the best. I mean, we're here. It's arrived. We're literally one week away. We are one week away from the start of the Major League Baseball season. And for all its problems, all those problems wash away down your gullet if you crack open an ice-cold Miller Lite. Wow. Can't wait. It's. I got to talk to the folks at Miller Lite. Is there a way? Is there a way for me to get draft here? Am I Miller Lite? Reach out. Like, I mean, I love. I'm a bottles guy. I'm a Miller Lite bottles guy. I do a lot of Miller Lite cans as well, because Miller Lite's gracious enough to send me cans. But like, we were talking about it with Chris Wild yesterday. It's like his spots always got Miller Lite on draft. I think I, I feel like I need Miller Lite drafts for watching the Mets games here. On my TV. Why am I drinking? Why am I not drinking draft beer? I have to go to the ballpark. Well, such a glorious beer. So much has changed over the years, but one thing that has not changed, Mister Joe Brano, Miller time in baseball. Right? Those two go hand in hand. It's light beer with the flavor you love. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Light delivered right to your door throughout this basketball tournament season, throughout Major League Baseball, NBA playoffs, you name it. If you want it delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. And if you miss that, boom, there it is on the screen even more. MillerLife.com forward slash dirty sports. Get it delivered right to your house, right to your front door. If I wasn't doing the podcast with you right now, I'd be logging on there. For somebody listening, they should just pause and go to MillerLife.com forward slash dirty sports, order order some beers. Oh, man. Great weekend for it. I'm going to need to freshen up before next week's opening day. I'm going to have to do a restock. Yeah. Well, good good time, good weekend. Obviously, Sweet 16 starts tonight. You let me know you are rooting hard for the UCLA Bruins. Well, not only did I pick them to win the whole thing, and if you go back, I mean, two, three weeks ago at this point, I was like, I know nothing about college basketball, UCLA winning it all. Um, so I'm, I'm on that. And then, all of course, they're playing our boy Skibelli, as Matty Goldberg used to call him. Shaboring. Uh they're playing his Gonzaga Bulldogs. And you know, we joked about it last episode, but after I got off, just one quick run through the Skibelli likes, and I was like, Oh, I'm so hard on the Bruins on Thursday. <laughs> it's just it's it's actually really um it's really reminiscent of what we did with the Chiefs. Like how many consecutive 
sweet 16s or whatever can you make and still be playing the like no one believes in us card are they doing that oh my god Look at every Skibelli likes. Is, I thought our conference play doesn't prepare us for tournaments. I no, you're right. This. You're, you're right. Okay. okay, I just pulled it off. Can you, ima- can you imagine still playing the underdog card as Gonzaga at this point? Also, so, win something. Somebody tweeted, in the past eight years, Gonzaga has been in every Sweet 16. And they give a whole thing. They've won every Sweet 16 in the odd years. They've lost every Sweet 16 in the even years. Somebody quote tweeted, let's go Zags. Why not us? And he liked that. I love the why not, but it is you always. They're saying you've been to eight straight Sweet 16s. Why not us? And I don't know. Why not you when it comes to the final game? Like, why not you? He loves. Dude, he has 130,000 likes on Twitter. Wow. Who does? Shabori. Oh, he's liked 130,000 things? Yeah. 100,000 Gonzaga, nobody believes in us tweets, and 30,000 hang Dr. Fauci's? I don't have time to go through it, but the uh, I didn't know this was a thing, this, like, Gonzaga against the world. <laughs> like, this is a thing? Yeah, you know, look, here's the thing. You haven't won it all, which is true, but, like, Dude, you've been to eight straight sweet 16s? Yeah. But even in this even in this odd year. No, have they really been to eight straight sweet 16s? Yeah. Yeah. And in this odd year, they're still gonna lose. Why? Let's go to our good friend Bill Walton. Andy, Joe, it's very clear why. Just think about this. Think about a WWE or a UFC style cage match. And you you got in there a great giant Bruin. An 800-pound bear with claws that could rip off a man's head with one swipe. And then they say, here's his opponent. A bulldog. A bulldog that breathes like Tony Soprano after running on the treadmill. A 40-pound overweight dog comes in there. It can't even play fetch. Look at this thing. It's going to get torn apart by the bear. It's going to get eaten. It's going to be like the scene in The the Revenant. He's just going to tear that, that bulldog to pieces. Yeah. No eight, chance. Eight straight. Eight straight, Bill. Zags have been to eight straight. But they're not elite enough. They're sweet, but they're not elite. I forgot. They've been to the title game twice since 2017. Now, now, Bill, if you recall, the last time you, the Bruins played the Zags was that wild Final Four game. Oh, I remember like where, it was yesterday. Where the Zags hit the game winner, I think, at, at the buzzer, or right around the That buzzer. was a nice win for them. Did it turn into a championship? No, it didn't. Their their magic carpet came down for a crash landing. <laughs> their, the, their, their golden ticket dried up. Their Cinderella story ended without a shoe. They walked her. They walked home barefoot from the ball. <laughs> and this year it'll do the same. This time a little earlier. I give them zero percent chance of beating my UCLA Bruins because why? the The West Coast Conference has anybody ever said the West Coast Conference Conference of Champions? 
I've I've called a lot of West Coast Conference games. I call it the same thing every time. West Coast Conference. The conference of runner-ups sometimes. <laughs> Never the conference of champions. So, big moves. I've been to Spokane. I've seen a Yeti in person. I was in the woods. I had taken some acid. Walking around, I see a hairy figure coming out of the woods, and I say, how is it possible that this man is taller than me? I'm seven-footer Bill Walton here. I've never been in a place where a man has walked in other than an NBA 75 reunion where a man's taller than me, and here he comes, fully covered in hair, and I said, that's a Yeti. That is the world-famous Bigfoot. Unfortunately, no Bigfoot's playing for the Bulldogs. Timmy's not big enough. The Bruins take down the Bulldogs. Good Uh, luck. Hope it's a great matchup. Hopefully nobody gets injured. And hopefully those Bulldogs die like dogs. Like every Bulldog does earlier than they should. Because they're just not athletic enough. (laughs) Good day and good night. So we finished Monday's show. And as always... Minutes later, Rick Patino, yeah, decides to become St. John's new head coach. Which it's it, you know it's 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 almost like the circle of life. He made a name for himself at Providence. That's where he got you know he blew up, and we all know his history from there. He comes back to the Big East team that desperately needs some help, rejuvenating. And a team that like New York loves, right? Like they, you know, they have the amount of games they played at Madison Square Garden. And obviously they had a nice run. It's really all about Rick Patino, his name, his recruiting ability, because New York City has always had, and the greater New York area has always had great basketball players. Yeah. So it's just not losing those guys. It's getting them to stay home. And it's that's a hard it's a hard thing to do to convince those guys not to go down to the south, not to go down to the Dukes, the North Carolinas, the wherever, the Kentuckys. It, it's again, it's not in Midtown Manhattan. It's in Queens. But I think that you've got if you're Rick Patino, and I think this is what he will do, he's got to take that great talent evaluator, that great recruiter approach of you're going to be in Queens for a year. You're going to the NBA and why, like what better place to get press and have eyes on you than in New York city. We play games in the garden. He, I think he turns that team around. Like everybody was on board with, Oh, Mullen was going to do this and that. And they've gone through so many different attempts there. And they finally have the guy who has, I mean, listen, Iona is nothing and was nothing. And he put, he put them on the map a little bit and the ability to do that for St. John, especially in a big East, which it, you know, n- not nearly the amount of talented teams they used to have in there. Um, I think it'll be, I think they're a tournament team within years. I think they're a tournament I, team next year. I, I, th- I think he's that good. The Big East is still really good. You know, three of the 16 teams in the 
Sweet 16 are from there. Like, I, I think obviously you don't have Syracuse, but UConn's back, man. Like, UConn's good. You'll, if you watch them tonight, like, UConn look legit win at all. They were number one for a while this year. You know, you have some good teams in there. I think with that conference, with the Big East having their, you know, they have a big national deal with Fox. It's like, I think that's an easy sell. Hey, man, you want to be on Fox? You want to be on primetime at the, at the Garden? Look what I've look what I've done. Look at my track record. How many of these guys have gone to the pros that I've coached? I think he's going to rebuild them instantly. I think he's that good. He's 70. You know, I don't know if age is a thing. I still don't really fully understand what happened with the scandal. I never understand college like college sports scandals because everybody gets off. Yeah. Like Xavier's coach is a prime example. Like I thought there was audio of Sean Miller telling when he was at Arizona, like yeah, but that was Arizona and Arizona got punished. Sean Miller just leaves. They're, they're basically Catholic priests. They just send him into a different parish. <laughs> I mean, it's basically is, what happens, right? Which is funny. Cause both those guys, again, hired by Catholic schools. Yeah. But like, I don't understand. Cause I thought there was audio of like them saying to pay Deandre Ayton and whatever. Uh, my, my point is it doesn't, that was really Arizona's matter. Sean Miller. You have Xavier's. Yeah. Sean Miller. Did you know, uh, Eddie, you, you didn't get to hang out with Eddie Ift when he was in Cincinnati. Did you know that he's good friends with your head coach? Same age. Same age. Same school. They both went to Pitt. Shared a locker room, apparently. You're messing with me. I'm not. Good friends. Said, said had he been healthy... Or had uh, he said, had he been in uh, Cincinnati and Xavier been out of the tournament, he would have called him and told him to come to his shows. Are you messing with me? I'm not. Eddie is friends with Sean Miller. Good friends, apparently. Where did they share a locker room? At Pitt. Eddie didn't play college basketball. Apparently, in those days, the track team and the basketball team. Now he's really aging himself. Yeah. I got a tip <laughs> for Eddie. I'm not going to say this person's name. I got a tip from somebody. Dude, this is wild. Who played high school football with Eddie. And Eddie's on the roster. As a JV player. Number 80. My buddy showed me this. My buddy was born in 72. <laughs> You probably can can. We decide. already we co- we covered this like two episodes ago. No, I know. I know. It's just Eddie's fifty two. I think like fifty one, fifty two. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he got real sick. I haven't followed up with him. I don't know if he did his last show. He's like, I can't meet with you. I can't. Talk. I, think he, I think he did, but couldn't meet How up that? with Andy Ruther. No. I was like, I was like, yo, is he blowing me off? Eddie still has a uh, Eddie still has a sense of humor. He has a 52 year old sense of humor as well. Oh yeah, because I told him I said he's like, so what's the plan? And I was like, full disclosure, I got a one month old baby. I definitely will meet you, but like it goes around her schedule. And then he just wrote back, I thought you were gay. <laughs> and I'm like, that's that sense of humor. That's like, that's basically like a boomer sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Eddie's 52. He is a boomer. 
Somebody called us out. Uh, somebody called us out earlier on YouTube. When we're calling people boomers. No, I can. We can call people boomers. Forty-year-olds can call people boomers. Yeah. Right. Eagles. Eagles logo. <laughs> Eagles logo. Eagles logo. Guy saying LMAO. I'm just honestly saying. like. The 40 year olds calling people boomers is like Eagles fans calling out anybody about anything. Yeah. No, I know. Did you see the whole Cam Newton thing? The whole Cam Newton thinks he can still play in the NFL thing? Yeah. I mean, like it's hilarious his, his because hype video? The, the funniest part about it is current day better iteration of Ken Cam Newton can't get a contract. And and that's where I wanted to go with it. It's funny. You went there for me. He's like, I should get a contract. It's like, Hey dude, uh, maybe get behind Lamar Jackson who also can't get a contract. Who's signing you? 12 years ago, I was Lamar Jackson. Cool, man. We don't want Lamar Jackson today. Yeah. Cam Newton, you can't throw man. Lamar Jackson, you struggle throwing. Like that, and it's funny. That's where Lamar is going to be. You mark my words. I think Cam played 11 seasons. You mark my words. Let's see where Lamar Jackson is. He's played five in five or six seasons from now. And RG3 is turning into a mad dog Russo with his, his RG3's love of Lamar Jackson to put him above. Joe Burrow is is just laughable to me. Lamar Jackson is not going anywhere. I'm saying this right now. Who is going to pick up Lamar Jackson? He is going to have to go back to Baltimore. Nobody because he wants that money. Again, Lamar Jackson's fine. But if you talk about, I said this a few episodes ago, and I'll say it again, comparing players without considering the finances especially at the quarterback position, especially in a league with the salary cap is childish. You're five years old. He's better than Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is on a team. What? Like, cool. Like come back when you've, when you turn 12 and you understand how the dollar bill works. Like we're not talking about baseball where you can just pay whatever you want. The Ravens, would happily they they want Lamar Jackson in in my opinion stupidly the Ravens want Lamar Jackson to be their quarterback for the next ten years they just don't want to pay him what he wants to be paid yeah so comparing quarterbacks and not considering that he wants two hundred million dollars guaranteed that's literally the only reason he's not signed right now sure. And Cam Newton, if he was good, somebody was signed him last year. Nobody signed him. He didn't look good when he played for the Patriots. He didn't look good when he came back to the Panthers. The stats back it up. Turn the ball over too much. He can't complete passes to open receivers. Cam Newton never became a passer. He just didn't as far as and throwing accuracy. That, that's you why, have to be accurate. That's why the Lamar Jackson thing is everybody – Everybody that defends Lamar Jackson 
again, and I heard this with the Russell Wilson last year. It's like all this, we're taking shots at his offensive coordinator. We're saying he runs the ball because they make him run the ball. He can, if they let him pass, he then do it. Then do it. Nobody with a brain thinks a good long-term strategy is running your quarterback. That's why they don't want to give Lamar Jackson $200 million. So if he could just sit in the pocket and pass, then he'd be sitting in the pocket and passing. The same thing with Cam Newton. When Cam Newton was in, I'd go, Cam Newton, just not a good enough passer. Well, they don't let him do it. No, he can't do it. He can't do it. That's why he doesn't do it. Yeah. Again, I'll repeat what I said when we were having that discussion about Lamar and saying he's basically Cam Newton. Cam Newton never won a playoff game after that Super Bowl. Never won a playoff game. That was his best season, his MVP season. He never won a playoff game after that. And that's but also, do you remember? Do you remember that whole do you, this this predates that Super Bowl? Do you remember when I said? Do you remember when we would argue Cam and Russ? And I was never arguing anybody's better. All I said was give it. It's very similar in that they're they're limited players, in my opinion. And everybody's like, Russ won a Super Bowl. Russ won a Super Bowl. I go, give Cam Newton Russ's defense. He'd go undefeated. And then all of a sudden, he had an amazing defense with Keekly healthy that year and just, just an absolute lights-out defense. They went 15-1. and one. It's the same thing we're talking about with Lamar Jackson, except Lamar Jackson has had a top-five defense essentially every year of his career so far. And that's one playoff win. Yeah. That, and that's my thing. Again, that's the thing. So you have it. You have a top. No, no, no. He's at a top three defense, three of his four years. You got one playoff win. I don't know. Like, like that's, that's to me, that's all that needs to be said. Is you're not but Cam winning. Newton. It's a joke. I mean, the, the idea that Cam Newton would say he's there's there's not 32 quarterbacks better than there are, buddy. Well, I I, I mean, we could look at a, a at a list right now of you know, like who who are we picking here? Who who's Somebody might say Baker Mayfield. Somebody might say Sam Howell for Washington. I don't know, you know, who's going to start there. I think that the only argument that you can make in the NFL of guys that Cam Newton might perform better than are like the Zach Wilson types who are currently like they're doing everything they can to replace him. Yeah. The problem is people live in the past. You know, I, I, I see, I see these threads. I see what people say. And, and that's the thing with Lamar. It's the he same. Get it done on the Patriots with Belichick. Yeah. No, but people live in the past, dude, you're living in the past with Lamar Jackson. I know, I know it sounds crazy, but he won an MVP four years ago. I was thinking about that there. I was thinking four years ago, he won the MVP. It'd be like looking at Matt Ryan in 2020 
versus his 2016 season when he won the MVP. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot can happen in four years, a lots of progression or regression. You can't look and say, oh, a former MVP. Did you win that four years ago? Like a running back wins an MVP and then is literally garbage four years later and not even in the league, especially in the NFL with injuries. But I'd be shocked if anybody signed Cam Newton. You know no one has interest in you when you have to do your own social media hype video. That's just the truth. If you have to do your own hope hype video, but what like at this point, what's there's again, there's nothing about the NFL. The NFL, you don't need to draw fans. So there's literally no reason. Like the the only reason that you would have to sign a Cam Newton is be like, oh, we're tanking, but we want to sell tickets. Yeah. You're gonna sell tickets no matter what. And sure. no one goes into the NFL season. To start prepared to tank. Yeah. So Jimmy G was offered free sex for life from Las Vegas brothel workers. What a great story. What a great story. Jimmy G, handsome Jimmy, goes to Vegas. There's a couple girls just absolutely swooning over him. Now, theoretically, or not even theoretically, I mean, realistically, realistically, Jimmy G essentially has an open sex, free sex policy with probably millions of women, right? You're a rich starting quarterback in the NFL. Like, there's a lot of women that'll have free sex with you for life. And for the record. But for professionals who get paid to have sex, to say, hey, stop in any time. This, I mean, Robert Kraft was paying for hand jobs. Jimmy G, just on his way home from a tough loss. You know, you have to play the Chiefs in Vegas. They come in, they score 50 on you. Yeah, I'll go fuck a hooker. It's free. They're the girls from the famous Chicken Ranch brothel. It's Caitlin Bell and Alice Little. I'm sure those are their real names. Um, this is too funny. My girlfriend loves him, by the way. That's, See? That's, that's a prime example. Like, thinks he's so hot. Like, now if I come home one day and Jimmy G's in my bed. Eddie would say you'll hop right in. <laughs> Uh, I just saw the episode of Yellowstone where she said, Beth says, I figure you for a cuckold and I could not stop laughing in the first season. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. How she said, it, she goes, I figured you for a cuckold. And I love when it's like all the way set out. You yeah. know, normally you just see cuck, cuckold. It's like some Shakespeare shit. Yeah. I figure you for a cuckold. Now, is this the famous ranch that was always that had its own show on like No, that's the Bunny Ranch. That's outside of uh Reno, I think. 
That's up there. I this is Vegas, because but now you're you're Mr. Vegas. Um, it's not prostitution's legal. not legal in what Clark County or whatever Correct. it is. Correct, it's not legal in Clark County. So this chicken ranch, probably the county. It's probably Perump, which is the county next to Clark. <laughs> Perump is how you spell out a fart if in a novel. <laughs> and she let out a fierce perump. Yeah. It's spelled P-A-H-R. Yeah, P-A-H, rump. That's funny. That, that does sound like it, doesn't it? That's Speaking of Vegas and the chicken ranch and Perump County and all this, I don't know what Kristen and what what are their names? Caitlin and Kristen. The names were Alice. Alice and Caitlin. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing uh, April 10th to 16th, but I'll be back in Vegas at the Comedy Cellar in Las Vegas. Great plug. April 10th, Monday, April 10th through Sunday, April 16th. Seems like last minute notice. Apparently I was booked and didn't even know it. Really? I was going to say, I haven't heard you talk that you were heading back to Vegas. I know, because I sent... You were just kind of there eating the danger witches. I was just kind of there in uh, January, exactly. And I sent my avails soon after that saying, hey, you know, um, April, May, June, and never heard anything. And I sent my avails recently. I said, May, June, July. And they wrote back, you're already booked in April. Are you confirmed? I was like, oh, I guess, (laughs) yeah. Well, now that I know that there's a chicken ranch in Pahrump. I'm just, I'm picturing like Ferris Bueller, the host being like, next up to the stage, Prano? Yeah. Prano, hello. Uh, my girlfriend's sister's best friend's cousin said that they saw him at a brothel in Pahrump. I don't know if I've spent any time in Prump. I did work with a guy once in Vegas who I believe said he smoked a bunch of meth at a hotel in Prump. True story. Right. Can you imagine Jimmy G? He's got to go hump in Prump. <laughs> Free humps and Prumps. Well, he did go on a date with a porn star. Yeah. So this wouldn't be too far out of Jimmy G's wheelhouse. You think Jimmy G's ever messed with the Hooters girl? I think he has. Yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. Living the Chris Wilde dream. <laughs> uh, I watched a little basketball last night. Did you? NBA? I did. You watch Nick's Heat? No, I was watching the Warriors... Mavs game, and then I was just watching the ESPN games, and that Lakers Suns game, which I'm still confused on the Mavs game. What the complaining from Mark Cuban is about? Well, he 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 laid it all out for you. He makes he made it pretty clear in his tweets what the issue was. I I, I just think everything we know about uh, sports and referees. They're never going to overturn, especially something that happened in the third quarter. So I I know I know what you're saying. So he said, Mark Cuban said on Twitter, for those wondering about the play with 154 to go in the third, let me explain what happened. The ref called Mavs ball, but he didn't. I have the video right here. This this wasn't Mavs ball. 
The announcer announced it. Then there was a timeout. So this is the play before the timeout. Ball goes out of bounds. Ref clearly points to the Warriors. He's pointing to the Warriors. And then he motions timeout. So I like Mark Cuban, but it sounds like he's just wrong here, right? Because he's saying the ref called Mass Ball, but he didn't. Now, I did hear the announcer miss the call. Like, the announcer got it wrong. Right. And then he said during the timeout, the official – oh, he's saying during the timeout, the official changed the call, which, again, doesn't look like he needed to. I don't know if it was – yeah, I mean, it seems like that's the guy to make the call, right? What's crazy to me in this situation is that the ref would just – if you see after the timeout, the play, he just hands the ball to the Warriors so they can get an easy dunk, which – is weird to me because you're like, dude, if there's confusion and there's not a single player on the Mavs team on this side of the court, you're almost just throwing the Warriors two points and they win by two points. Why wouldn't you just say, oh, no, no, no. You guys come motion them like they're a bunch of grade schoolers. Come down here. The ball's yeah. down here. I don't know because they're adults. They're not a bunch of grade schoolers. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Cuban can be a little dramatic, calling it one of the worst calls of all time. Also, just we're it's two points in the third quarter. What are we talking about here? Well, he's talking about here they lost by two. Yeah, but yeah, you, you, you have fifteen minutes to make up that two. There's a lot of calls that go a lot of different ways. Like, sure, it was a free basket. You're not winning this one. I can tell you that much. Oh no, hell no, he's not winning this one. Again, that's what Major League Baseball needs. They need a Mark Cuban to stir some things up. All right? Oh, we got one now. Yeah, but I don't think he's contesting the rules. You know, the rules are a thing. I saw a crazy stat the other day. Speaking of NBA, about Tim Duncan. Love Tim, it. Tim I Duncan. love a good Timmy Duncan stat. Oh, dude, you're maybe, love maybe, maybe one of the most underrated players of all time. Here's your stat. Tim Duncan has more career wins, including postseason, than the Timberwolves have in their entire franchise. <laughs> That's amazing. So Tim Duncan That's has a great stat. It's They're a great around stat. way longer than Tim Duncan before and after. Tim Duncan has 1,158 career wins. Wow. The Timberwolves have 1,105 wins. And the second great Tim Duncan stat, Tim Duncan, for a career, has a higher winning percentage than any, any NBA team this season. It's 719. Bucks are at 718. That's nuts. You know, we did this, uh, again, one of the most underrated players of all time. We did this with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Now, Bill Belichick has a couple titles as a defensive coordinator on the Giants. He's, you know, he's taken a post Brady team to the playoffs. He's done whatever. But when Brady left and went on to win a championship, everybody's like, I guess it was Brady and not Belichick the whole time. Now, I think a lot of people know it was a combo. But before Duncan and after Duncan, What's Greg Popovich been? And meanwhile, and meanwhile, everybody's like, he's the greatest coach ever. And now I think Greg Popovich is a great coach. 
But I've never called him the greatest coach ever. You have. No, I, yeah, I mean, I think he's he's. You have he's him right. higher than Phil. I have Phil Jackson higher. Than, you have him higher than Phil Jackson. Well, I mean, you know, Phil Jackson. It, it's similar. It's just with two different guys, you know, or two different like. Uh, to me, honestly, and I said this last year. I mean, I, st- I still think Pat Riley should be in the conversation in terms of what he was able to do with the Lakers, even in terms of what he was able to do with the Knicks and what he's been able to build in Miami coach slash executive. Like he's got to be up there because he's changed. Like you look at Phil Jackson. It's like, yeah, he had Jordan and Pippen. Then he had Shaq and Kobe he had Powell and Kobe. Like, and and those those two the two championships with Powell and Kobe are probably his best coaching, you know, where he didn't have the most dominant player in the league. Um, but I'm just saying now that we're a couple years removed, where the Spurs have players leaving and trashing the organization, and like Tim Duncan arrives, their immediate dynasty, he leaves. They're shit. Yeah. I never thought of that. It's true. Tim Duncan is one of the most underrated, but I mean, there are people, I think the majority of people probably have him in their top 10. But to me, if Tim Duncan's not in your top five, six, like hard cap seven greatest players of all time, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. If yeah, you're one of those people out there who's like Kobe Bryant's better than Tim Duncan, just stop watching basketball. Poke your <laughs> eyes, poke your eyes out with a screwdriver. <laughs> go watch, go watch old Tumbleweed Johnson at bats with <laughs> Chris Russo. So we got a call. Speaking of this, this would be a good segue for a call we have for you about uh, discussions that we like to have when we have basketball calls. So give us a ring, 310-359-8365. This is a plea for Joe Prano. Not the best service, so I'm going to preface it with that. Okay. It's a dire message. I think I'm speaking on behalf of all the dirtballs. Joey Prano, we, we love you. You are... You're the comedic relief of the show. You know, you are, you're that guy. Well, can we please, for the love of God, on behalf of all of our guys, please, don't get mad at me, please. Can we stop talking about Michael Jordan in 90s basketball? Please, talk about anything else, man. Can we talk about UFOs, talk about conspiracy theories, talk about fucking, talk about AIDS, talk about fucking... I don't know. Talking about nature, talking about weed, talking about mushrooms. But please, for the love of Jesus Christ, and I know you hate Jesus Christ, but please, no more 90s basketball. You can't do it anymore, man. I've been listening since like 20, 2014. It's the same story. We know. We know LeBron's better. We know, Joe. We know. We, we, I'm trying to prove to these trolls and these dumbasses. Stop it. We know, Joe. We know. All right? I love you. You guys are good people. Shout out to you guys, but please, on behalf of all dirt balls, please stop. 
I would love to stop. <laughs> I would love to stop. That's the whole point. I would love to stop. <laughs> we don't do this. We are a sports talk show. We exist in a world like, you know, you want to do your own thing, but you also, I know we were just called boomers or whatever, but like, we're pretty savvy on the internet. You know, we're on the Twitter. I'm uh, the, my co-host is the king of all social media. We're trying to get him into TikTok so he can regain that title. But we're on the social media. We watch the shows. We see the clips. We're involved in. No one's doing this, you know, with any other sport. We're talking about Brady. And we're talking about, you know, his greatness. And we're talking about what Joe Burrow does. And we're talking about Patrick Mahomes. No one's ever coming in. When, you know, when Otto Graham played, they didn't have face masks. And we just mocked. Chris Russo for bringing up fucking 1988 baseball because he doesn't like Mike Trout. I would love to stop talking about it. Unfortunately, as a big NBA guy, I'm the only person alive working in sports media today that just goes, why are we doing this? The game is so much better than it's ever been. Why are we doing this? But you can't open Twitter, can't open TikTok, you can't open ESPN without people just trying to discredit the greatest athletes of all time with their stupid 90s propaganda. I mean, we're we're two years removed, three years removed from the six-part ESPN doc. And now around the corner, we have the Ben Affleck, Matt Damon movie. It never ends. Yeah. Let it go. I am. I. This is who. This is your. You're saying what I'm saying. Let it go. Move on. Unfortunately, I have to deal with this all the time. We can't talk about Jokic, and we can't talk about Embiid, and we can't talk about Giannis. We can't. Talk, we can't talk about LeBron James breaking the all-time scoring record without people saying. Oh, but career stats, longevity stats. Why are we having this conversation? Yeah. He just broke the all-time scoring record. You're calling the wrong show. Call Bristol. Now, look, do we do we talk about it a lot? Sure. But uh, well, first of all, I think I'm biased, right? It's our show. I think a lot of times it's healthy, it's funny, it's comedic. But, like, it doesn't end. I We had our end of the year get together for the, the team I coached. Right. And it, it happened again. One of the dads who I really like was he, you know, he listens to the show occasionally. He was just poking the bear with, with Jordan LeBron. And I'm like, dude, what are we doing here? And, and that's why. And, 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 and we're going back and forth and he instantly hit me with the six. He does this every time. I, and I instantly hit him back. Then Bill Russell's the girl. I was like, dude, what are we doing here? And then we're talking about he's bringing up toughness again. I'm like, dude, what are we talking about here? This this is why we have to do it because there's people who are like, oh, it was it was tougher and this. I'm like, because listen, and you know, not to lean into what the guy's saying, but like, you all these people, they're just bombarded with propaganda, and it's going to happen again. 
The air movie's going to do it. You know it's going to do it. And I'm the anti that. I will do as many anti-propaganda campaigns. Every time there's a propaganda campaign, I'm going to I'm going to attack it. Yeah, again, I've, I've otherwise, seen... what does the world become when the Nazis did a propaganda campaign? What happened? It's really tough to change, though. I've already said this, like my nephew. Who I've coached last year is diehard Michael Jordan. Yeah. Diehard. Because he's an idiot. What's that? Because your brother's an idiot. No, it's not even him. It's it's it's, it's my sister-in-law. And it's the same thing. It's like obsessed with that documentary, right? And it's like they've watched it so many times, The Last Dance. And I and I and that's the thing. I'm like, that's what's what's fascinating to me with this is like you have a 11 year old boy who was born in 2011, who's already like Jordan's the goat, and you're like, dude, 2011 is when you were born. You you were you're halfway into LeBron's career when you came into this earth, but you're already brainwashed into Jordan's. It, it is fascinating because the equivalent Joe would be like when I was born, I was born in November 81. It, dude, it would be like me as an 11 year old in 1992 being like Kareem's the goat, not even Kareem before that. Yeah. It's like, still I, playing. I didn't cream. It's like, like it'd be like me saying Oscar. So my dad used to talk about Oscar Robertson a lot because he's from Cincinnati, right? He went to university of Cincinnati, he played for the Royals, blah, blah, blah. And he would tell, share all these fun stories. Oh, you go to the Cincinnati guards. You'd see Oscar play. It'd be like me as a kid saying Oscar's the goat. I didn't do that. But these kids, because they have the documentaries, they have the social media, they have the YouTube, they're already almost programmed. And you're right. It's amazing that they just keep pushing this out there. They never want it to end. Michael Jordan, his camp, his team. And I'm glad that we have listeners calling and saying, we know you've broken us. We know LeBron's go great. But you got to remember, we're going to clip this. We're going to put it on Instagram. We're going to put it on YouTube. We're going to put it on TikTok. We're going to put it on Twitter. And we're going to keep fighting the fight to the masses. <laughs> I'm glad that we've, I'm glad that we've fixed all of your lives. Again, the problem is people don't change. I've already said this. My change from Jordan to LeBron officially happened when the Cavs won in 2016. It was already headed that way. But then it was just finalized. They beat a 72 win team. They came back from. And also like things like last episode. Like Michael Jordan selling the. Yeah. The Hornets. Like it's a story. It's major news. giving up. He's quitting. Like he did multiple times throughout his career. He's quitting. (laughs) He's giving up. He's physically and mentally exhausted. From the losing. We will never, never give up on yeah. the Jordan discussions. It's just not going to happen. Our our slogan isn't "turn down" when your fans have had enough. <laughs> no, it's "turn down for never." Turn down for never. Well, if you guys want to hop in on any of these discussions, we do have a hotline: three one zero three five nine eight three six five. 
like Joe just said. We're also on social media at the Dirty Sports, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, as long as it's still around. Who knows, guys? I think it's going to be here, though. Joe also is going to be in Las Vegas. I am I'm be in Las Vegas, April 10th to 16th, the Comedy Cellar at the Rio in Las Vegas, April 10th through 16th. Also, this weekend, I believe there's only 10 tickets remaining. So if you're one of the dirtballs who's coming to see me in slow before, I know there's a couple of you guys out there um, on my Instagram, in the shows, highlights. Uh, it's Sneaky Pete's in San Luis Obispo this weekend with Creepy Pete's the star on the show. Um then I will be, like I said, in Las Vegas. And then I will be in the Bay Area um, the 18th of April. I'll be at the Throckmorton Theater in Marin, in San Rafael, in Marin County, San Rafael. Uh, then shows in San Francisco. And then, um, yeah, all my other shows, JoePrano.com forward slash shows. And I post about them on social media all the time, at JoePrano everywhere, except for Twitter, where I'm at Fix Your Life. Because I'm just... Um, that's that's what I'm here to do. I'm glad I fixed yours, caller. I'm glad I fixed yours. But you're not the only one. Other people still need fixing. He was calling for the record like, you know, the tornado in Wizard of Oz. It was almost like he was the house was getting picked up. I know. I mean, it's like I, I'm glad that I was able to fix an older person's life. I'm assuming from the sound of him calling from an old timey telephone booth on the plains of kansas <laughs> that he's an older fella i think i heard auntie ann in the background i don't know what was going on all right guys enjoy your sports this weekend we'll be back on monday and as always stay dirty